It was a disaster. Oh, sure, there's going to be 12 two fans there everywhere lined up, you know. And, and they're going to be lined up for sure, you know, like they are at the screenings, and they're going to all want our autograph. You know? Have you ever seen Troll 2? Oh, you're missing it. it was, it's the worst film ever made. Worse than any of these films ever made here. Have you seen Troll 2? Do you like really bad movies? Yes. Yeah, but that's what this one is. Oh, wow. It was rated on uh, IMDb as the worst film of, ever, of, of all time. Oh. Troll 2. I go, you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. I said, you know. <laughs> so, I have to lock up for that. Yeah. And when I yell at him like that, yeah. then that becomes a famous line in the movie. And we've had about uh, between 50 to 20 screens in the States and they've sold out. Yeah? Yeah, so... Oh, do you reckon on here it'd be the same, is it? I would have thought. I'm sorry? Oh, do you reckon on here? Selling on to you. Coming here? <laughs> Who wants my autograph? <laughs> Does anybody want my autograph? <laughs> no one's freaking gonna come. <laughs> We've come 15,000 miles and nobody's gonna come to this table. You gotta laugh, come on. What, what I took away from that is, I mean, you know, Troll 2 only attracts just that special group of people that, you know, know about the movie. Same thing, same thing with the horror conventions. It's a different audience. You're listening to a podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. Hello! Welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the Fear of God podcast. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And guys, he was here a minute ago, but he, he got kind of personal and he like criticized my gingivitis levels. And I, I don't know. He might have gone to floss or something. I don't know. I don't know. Got a little kind of kind of crossed a line there lackey but i'm sure i'll be back in the meantime allow me to welcome you listeners back to the show and this final entry of our patron voted series our current patron voted series that's right this series and almost all of the series we are covering this year are voted on by our patrons join them and you too can vote on what films we cover this particular series titled DocuScared has been covering horror-themed documentary material. Last week, we experienced trauma over a relocation with My Amityville Horror. And this week, we are visiting the local dentist in the town of Nilbog as we discuss the documentary, The Best Worst Movie. 
But before we try to make sense of this script, permit me to remind you listeners that here at The Fear of God, we explore. We don't explain except for right now when I explain that you can find every fog and fear of God thing imaginable at thefearofgodpodcast.com. You'll find how to support us on Patreon, as well as essays, team bios, episode archives, merchandise, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't you be going pissing on hospitality. I won't allow it. Well, <laughs> like well, George, well. I think I started getting tired of that line by the end of that movie. <laughs> yeah, no joke. It uh, it really does. Hey, brother. It really does get overplayed. Hey, how are you, man? I'm good. You know. Good. Yeah. Life, is, life is full. It's so full. <laughs> <laughs> he said with a manic grin. Life is so it's full. So full. <laughs> oh, nothing God. to see here. Um... No, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Hey, man. Good. You know, life yeah. is quite full. Yes. But, you know, that's that's, that's life. It's just what it, <laughs> it's what it is, you know? So there's a, um, there's a line that mm-hmm. I don't cite very often, but, man, I love it. Um, I love the TV show Cheers. And one of my favorite little bits, and maybe it, mm, yeah, maybe it needs like a little bit of character knowledge to do it, but I'm going to cite it anyway, just in do case. It. There's just a scene go for it. where these two characters, like, through. they bring everybody together. And at one point, this character, his name was Eddie, and he uh, wants to give a toast to, uh, oh God, now I'm forgetting your name. I think Carla. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but he wants to give her a toast and he calls everybody together. He said, Hey, everybody, uh, a toast. And then, uh, and he goes, Carla, well, you know. <laughs> and that's, that's his toast. That's, you know. Yes, that's kind of how it these days can start to feel. Yes. It was, and it's one of my favorite little bits. He's like, Well, you know. <laughs> and then, then just like everybody drinks, they're like, Hey, it's so funny. That's funny. Um, so yeah, that's what you that's what it reminded me. Speaking of funny, we got yeah. some cursed films to get to. So um uh do any a little business, business? time or yeah, yeah, I mean sure, just to prolong yes. the inevitable here. Um <laughs> uh one two read this is exciting. One mm-hmm. is the loneliest number, but next week unless you correct me, which is quite possible, we've no, got a no. quarterly queens. It's next week. What? It's next week. Yeah, the queens are coming back. Yeah, and <laughs> no, so this is really exciting. So next week, uh, we're going to be taking a week off, and uh, our dear friends, uh, the quarterly queens, Asia Swartz and Truber and Vera Gowdy, are going to be taking over the show, and they are going to be uh, delivering a conversation about the film As Above, So Below. Okay. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, that's very exciting. I uh, The episode is recorded. It is great. Listeners are going to have a good time. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that I've next week. I've still not seen that very, film, very but I do yeah. like it when Vera and Asia talk about movies. Um, That's true. And, and? Uh, maybe you're maybe no, you're going please to this. But proceed. following that, mm-hmm. following mm-hmm. next week, we're starting another brand new series, and it's going to be like a super fun summer. In fact, it's going to be a really strange summer. A stranger. What? I know a stranger. So you might one might call it the summer of Stranger Things, if mm. you will. So some of our listeners there who don't like Stranger Things are like, "Come on, give me a break!" Like I like this show. Y'all are testing my patience. But those of you who love Stranger Things, oh, it's gonna be great. So 
starting, I mean, obviously next week is Quarterly Queens, but the week after that, we are going to be starting a, uh, for the patrons, a series long run through season four of Stranger Things. And in the meantime, for everybody else, uh, we have lots of fun things too. We've got some fun 80s stuff. We are going to be visiting some additional films directed by John Carpenter, which we haven't done since like the first weeks what? of the show. I know. I'm so excited. So, uh, so yeah, that's next week's Quarterly Queens. And then we're going to be going into a summer of Stranger Things with 80s mayhem and John Carpenter madness. And it's all going to be That sounds like a fun really summer. I hope I can make it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I hope you can too. That got dark. But <laughs> hope, <laughs> hope Vecna don't get me. Um, yeah, so we got that. Uh, join Patreon, y'all. Yeah, do that. Do that. Because these cursed films are pretty good. I like. <laughs> this might not be the one to buy in on, but the cursed <laughs> films have been pretty good. TV guy posts are yes. fun. Uh, you know, it's what you get. You get bonus audio swag. In your ear oh, hole. audio swag. When mm-hmm. you join Patreon. <laughs> Speaking of, to the patron mobile. So about this movie, Reed, it looks like I, I, this may be news to you. I don't know, but I was just informed by our producer during the patron only segment where we, you know, waded through murky, murky waters of cursed films, mm. um, uh, the crow and the twilight zone film. Um, uh, so, yeah, so, you yeah. know, spend your five bucks, go listen to that segment. And you'll hear when this in real time, when this came through, but I, I think we've got uh. a guest on the oh. call and oh, Reed to really? kind of. Thank God, because uh, Lord knows my spirit needs, uh, um, you know, the effervescent bubbliness of this guest. Uh, Reed, it's Ooh, it's I'm time excited. once more for <laughs> Lackey the Listicle, my occasionally listless list making Lackey. Welcome to the show, Lackey the Listicle. Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, I almost I've shed been, a tear just then and just like it was I've uh, missed you. It was like a. Uh, just an involuntary thing. You know, it's like blinking like Aww. a tear almost just came to my eye. Cause I was like, Oh God, Aww. I need you. Lucky the listicle. Aww. Um, I'm listicle. happy to be here. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Yes. We're happy you're here. Um, <laughs> it's been a minute. Do what, what do you have mm-hmm. for us today? Why don't you, why don't you give a little oh. back, a little backdrop and, and, and what you brought for us? Oh man. You love, so you love some lists and we, I love lists. I, I, I love lists. So I, I, I'm worried that you're going to get tired of coming on. Cause I know I like to poke holes in your list, but Hey, you know what? Never. Okay. Never. Okay. I mean, yes, you poking holes in my list is, uh, you know, not my favorite pastime, but it's a, it's a, hey, <laughs> I love it. It's I great for it. radio. I'm here for it. It's great radio. Um, okay. So, uh, in the spirit of our Speaking primary of Lackey's content, listicles and, uh, how yes. much you love when I poke holes in them, did you catch that old George What's His Face is wearing a Piggly Wiggly shirt in this movie? <laughs> I did. I did. And I thought, you know what? This is justification. This is justification. Uh, <laughs> so awesome. Well, he um, is from Alabama. So, you know. A good point, a fair point. Um, so, in in the spirit of today's primary content, which is a documentary about the cult fan favoritism towards the truly awful film Troll Two, um, the film is called Best Worst Movie. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to toss a list out there of some of my favorite best worst movies. So, uh, brief criteria. And then you can feel free to try to guess if you think you know what might be on this list, but because it's not 
exclusively horror centric. This is just sure. best worst movies. No, I'm, you know? I'm curious. I don't, um, I don't, so, I don't know where to um, guess. Here was my brief criteria. Uh, number one, the film had to be largely regarded as a bad movie. People can find it fun or whatever, but it had to largely be regarded by both fans and critics as a bad movie. Okay. And now, okay, let me. I'm sorry. Yes. We're mm-hmm. just coming in hot. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. shaking, yeah, yeah, shaking yeah, yeah. my. Get rid of the barnacles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of the what? <laughs> the barnacles. Yeah, what? Yeah. Oh. Um, um, <laughs> you said a minute ago, and this is what I was going to give you a pass on. Uh, you said these are my favorite best worst movies. Now it yes. feels like you're you're turning a corner into an objective sort of list. So I, I don't no. know. Are, are we okay? Okay. No, no, no. Because no, often no, your these lists are... have a a listicled, uh, uh, correct, em- correct. embossed objective quality to them. This is. This is a very subjective list built from objective criteria. So okay. the objective, so, <laughs> oh God, so the, the, okay. no, the, the objective criteria is it had to be regarded as a bad movie. Okay. Now here's where the subjectivity comes in is I had to love it. So I didn't put lists. I didn't put things on this list that I don't actually. Sure. Love. Okay. So I'm with it you. has to be it. considered largely considered a bad well, movie. Say, I can't really poke holes in that because it. it's your love. I don't want to poke holes in your love. Uh, that's okay. No, no, no. It's all right. It's all right. So um, what you, you know, you might say like, that ain't a bad movie, but um, but it had to largely be considered a bad movie that I personally loved. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it had to be pretty like widely known. Next and, filter. You know, you know it, it, basically. So, um, so here they are. I've got six and I'll oh, go through okay. them pretty briefly. All right. Uh, I will toss two. an on. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Hey, well, uh, I will toss an honorable mention. Uh, just, just toss it over the side towards the film "Lady in the Water." The reason I didn't oh. include it in the list—it's it, an honorable mention because I wouldn't say I love that film. I defend yeah. certain elements of that film, but I don't love that film. You so uh, yeah. that's why it's in. That's, yes. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's just a worse. Are you ready? But yeah, go ahead. So, are you are you ready for the list, or are you wanting to make a guess? What do you? How do you? How do you want to do this? You want me to just just get started? Okay, all right. Y'all ready, y'all so ready number for list. six. That's that's the list of the new theme music. <laughs> y'all ready for this? Okay. Okay. Hi, everybody. Number six. Okay. Number what? six. On on my personal favorite best worst movies uh-huh. is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Test your might. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i mean i love i don't know that it's mortal fun kombat. but I, I can i can i'm cool with it on the list um, i love mortal kombat i love mortal kombat it is so stupid it's so dumb uh but i love it what was the I love it. oh fecality yeah that's that's great <laughs> <laughs> shit over here <laughs> And the list is done. That's it. No, that's it. Okay, it's fun after all. I take it back. <laughs> all right, so number six was Mortal Kombat. Okay, okay you know what? I'm going to interject because I've referenced on the show before my sure. my senior project in high school that I made that's a movie called Shout that was a spoof of Scream where the killer killed oh, people with Shout Laundry yes. Detergent. Well, in one, partic- yes. in one particular killing, um, the Mortal Kombat music, enters and he does oh, what we call his uh, his dance of death he would do a little jig after he killed people which is like totally <laughs> the type of killer how it would be or would make <laughs> and, but oh, it, man. the Mortal that Kombat music lovely. plays yes okay so awesome. Mortal Kombat 
Um, okay. Presumably, we're referring to the initial like ninety four ish era. Oh, the ninety five one. Yeah, ninety five. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. the the, the ninety five one. Um, and a case in point uh, of why like I had to love it for it to make this list. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is an objectively far worse movie, but I don't like watching that movie. That movie is 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 just terrible and not okay, fun. Well, see, I gotta but ask this one. Have you recently watched the ninety five Mortal Kombat? Like, does yeah. does your oh, enjoyment yeah. hold up? It does, but in that campy way. Okay. So I watched it okay. prior to the recent. I think it was take last. Huh? No, last year. Well, you're you're I'm asking kidding, the I'm question. Kidding. I'm not, so no, I know. I know because I want to have a conversation with my year, friend. I know. I know. Last year, when the new one came out, yeah. the new production. Right. Um, I refreshed myself of the '95 original, okay. and uh, and 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 so that is when I was like, yeah, this is campy and it's fun and it's silly and I and and I enjoy it. And mm-hmm. uh, Christ- Christopher Lambert plays Raiden, and it's just awesome. He's like, I don't think so. It's it's just it's great. It's just yeah, it's awesome. Your okay. soul is mine. <laughs> okay. All right. Number five Goro. on this list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number five is a film that might be a bit of a curveball for people, but is the film Evan Almighty, the sequel hmm. to Bruce Almighty starring Jim yep. Carrey. Yeah. Um, so Evan Almighty, I will just uh, mention why, why I love it. I mean, Steve Carell is funny. It's got John Goodman in it. Uh, you know, I like the people who are in it. But um, one of the reasons that I love it, love it so much, is that tucked away in the middle of this very, very dumb, ridiculous, absurd family comedy is a bit of profundity that I still think about and actually have absorbed into my life and philosophies and theology. Uh, and that is that there is a, a character in it and I'll share it here in case people don't want to watch the movie to find it out. There's a character here who obviously, as you know, in the Bruce almighty and Evan almighty films, God is an actual character who actually converses with people and Morgan played Freeman. by Morgan Freeman. Yep. And uh, there's a moment in it where Evan's wife uh, is, uh, played by Lauren Graham, is very distressed and distraught because her prayers are not being answered. And God, in a moment, comes to her and says, when somebody prays for courage, do you think God just zaps them with bravery, or do you think he gives them an opportunity to be brave? And when hmm. somebody asks for their family to come together, do you think God just zaps them with a lot of loving, you know, tenderheartedness, or do you think he puts them in a situation where they can make the choice to come together? And that struck me as so profound in the middle, again, in the middle of this really, really dumb movie as like, and it has been, uh, you know, a, a hmm. point of challenge and conviction for me along the way that I've really carried with me. And so that's why Evan Almighty makes the list is because I, I, I love that thing. So right. um, number five was Evan Almighty. Uh, number four is... The one, the only Masters of the Universe, starring okay. Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. Frank Langella, Billy Barty. It has got, it is Courtney Man, Cox. It I is seen bananas. That it came out. It is so bananas. And as an objectively good film, does not hold up. It is so bad. It is so bad. But God, I love it. I, lo- I will. When I will do you feel like the last time you watched right that was? Now. Uh, it was at least a couple of years ago, but I would put that on right now if I could. Hmm. I would watch that. I love that film. It's stupid and ridiculous, but I just love it. And, hey, man. Frank Langella is just like playing for the back, the cheap seats, man. It is just, it's, it, you know, it's really I'm gonna, absurd. I'm going to interject this story, um, not because it has to do yeah. with he, he Man, but because of the feelings that this conversation is conjuring for me. So, hey, man. Yeah. You just made a comment about turning on, like, you could just, I'm just going to go watch Masters of the Universe right now. And, like, just like <laughs> the feeling of just turning on a music for uh, music, turning a movie for, you know, disposable usage. Yeah, and yeah. the other day I was at the office and there's a like-minded peer there, one of a few. And 
we were castigating another person who had not seen the Truman show. And this person is roughly our age. Mm -hmm. And the person who hadn't seen it is someone I would have thought was a movie fan. And and sort of, I was like, Oh, you've got to go see the Truman show. Or you've got to see the Truman show. It's a really great movie. Um, and I, I, I told the story of how in high school, when that came out, I think that was in high school, that 97 ish, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 Regardless, whenever, whenever it did come out, the, um, I went to see it maybe even by myself because I just do that. And I came (laughs) out of the theater and some friends were going in to watch a subsequent screening. Ah, and I just, I was like, I really loved that. Can I come with y'all and read? I walked right back in the theater and watched it again (laughs) and I got teary. I was like, Wow. What was that like? Hoot. Mm-hmm. You know, I love yeah. my life. Yeah. I love it. You know, I love, love all the, it's full, right? You know? Sure. Sure. But just, uh, uh Carla, you, you know, right. <laughs> um, you know, it's a full well, life, you know. but yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's, I don't know when that will happen for me again. When I could just be like, I walked out of a movie and I liked it so much. And I saw some people going into it. And I said, Hey friend, I'm just going to walk. Back yes. I'll join you. <laughs> what a, what a world. Uh, so yeah, what a world. masters of the universe. What's the next on your list? Listicle. Indeed. Okay. Number three. Number three, uh, debated about this one because I do think fans regard it as very, very good. It's super ridiculous, though. It's super ridiculous, but I watch it every year. It is a staple of my holiday affection, and that is starring the one, the only Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jingle All the Way is my number three. Hmm. I think that movie I haven't seen is that one absurd. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you, got, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad fighting Rosemary's over a Turbo baby. Man doll. This baby, but no, like, like they are traipsing all over town to mm-hmm. try to find a Turbo Man doll because yeah. he forgot to buy one, and it's Christmas Eve, and it is ludicrous and is ridiculous. But is it and, a tumor? Uh, it's not a tumor. Okay, it's not a tumor. But no, it's um, <laughs> it's a it's. It, I love it. I love. I watch it every. I love. I can't get enough of it. I okay. love, 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 love. Yeah, two more. So that's my number three. Yes. Okay. Number two and number one may come as no surprise to anybody, and these two are horror so oh, okay. wow. number two yeah I've got a third number one. two on my list yep okay number two on my list is the one the only the guess. ultimate <laughs> the ultimate clash of titans the ultimate collection of franchises versus jason. the ultimate yes it's freddy versus jason number two on my list is freddy versus jason huh. a truly awful movie that i cannot get enough of i love it i love it it also would make my my list of something like I would just I would watch that right now. I'd watch that to wind down at the end of a long day. I love Freddy versus Jason. So that is my number two. It is so it is so great. It is so great. Man, he appears to the guy as like a marijuana caterpillar. It's like it's yeah. it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But man, Speaking I love of caterpillars, it. did you see Beckley back me up on the tequila worm and uh, poltergeist too? Yeah, he sure did. I saw that. Had a boy back. Thank you. Okay, Thank what's you, number one? Steven. Hang on. Oh man. It's horror. Oh man. If you get number one, I will applaud you. I will slow clap you right now. Is it? But it's tonally comedic, or or tongue in cheek, or it's cheeky. To- it's tonal. It's tonally comedic. Yeah. Have we covered it? Yes. Oh nuts! <laughs> oh nuts! Ernest scared stupid. It is. There it is. There it is. That is. Can't stop Nathan. The lackey. Number one is Ernest Scared Stupid. There is no better. That's fair. Okay, that's worst movie. That suits I the list. Love it. I love it. I'm not. It is. 
yeah, sure about a couple of those, but it's your list, so I'm going to let you have it. Yeah, and, and you pitch it as no. faves, so I can't knock that. <laughs> I've got I've got three. One that no, might not qualify yeah. uh, as worst, but it is because like there's a fine line between guilty pleasure and favorite worst, right? Sure, of course. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the I only one that fits that, the other two, admittedly, are uh, critically bad. Um, is Pee Wee's Big Adventure? You know that that. Oh, that's wonderful. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's is it's like wonderful. I would argue with someone that it's bad. So that's why I'm sort of. Yeah, I do think Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It. Yeah, I do think Pee Wee's Big Adventure is pretty highly regarded yeah. in terms of just like as a, you know, Tim Burton's first but it feature is dumb film. AF, and, and know, I love it for it. it is, oh, my God. I'm going to go start a paper route right <laughs> now. Oh, my God. Okay. So, now, these so categorically are worst, but. They're my best worst. Okay. <laughs> okay. One. Nathan the Notary showed up. He did. He did. Just because I well, honestly, it's because I wasn't thinking and I, I wrote down as a question for you, like, what's your favorite uh, best worst? Uh, not knowing you're uh, architecting your list that way. Uh, um, okay. I'll tell the one that might be a surprise, but I have such fondness for it because I and my brother to this day quote this movie. I, okay. I think we saw this movie in the theater maybe around the time fellowship came out. And the reason I think that is we went to see oh. it and then theater hopped after this movie to go watch the rest of fellowship. Mm. Uh, mm. And then I just rewatched this once it came out on DVD, like, I don't know, five or seven times it is Kung Pao enter the fist. It's oh. so, it's so stupid. Reed. It's so, <laughs> so bad. Dumb. It's so bad. God, it's so dumb. That but is, it's so funny. Yeah, that's a bad, that trumps that's any, the best word. That trumps anything on my list. That, yeah. that is, that is a worse movie than anything Messy. I cited. <laughs> So terrible. Now passing so Mike Piazza. Yes. Oh my God. It's, yes. That's a bad movie. You, the, it is bad. That's a bad movie. It's and I and it's funny because I wonder now would I let would I be able to let myself enjoy it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Man. I don't know. I don't know. It's bad. Some things are just of their time and just you just there are moments and it gives it me and my brother something to commune about. So um, I know. I know. Indeed. The next one. I won't uh, see Kung Pao. I won't own as affection. I'll just own it as okay. it is. It is a best worst. It does have this fun little nostalgia factor for me only because of my brother and my connection over it. This one. Sure. I will go a little bit to the map on it. And that is oh, okay. Sadate, my Damie, the one and only Pootie Tang. <laughs> I knew, you know what? I should have spit it out. Cause I, when you, when you mentioned Kung Pao, I was like, he's going to bring up Pootie Tang. He's going to bring, he's going to, Oh my did God. It again. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yes. Man. Hiya, Pootie. Hi. <laughs> oh, I think man. that, but I replaced Pootie with Lackey. Hiya, Lackey. Wow. Um, wow. It's and great. in fact, it's great. In, um, the Omen Cursed Films, the basketball mm-hmm. gorilla game, all I could think of was the man in the gorilla suit attacking him in the, in the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tragic accident. <laughs> tragic construction site accident. <laughs> and the gorilla comes running into the... It's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. That is the work of genius. <laughs> man. It's hot, too. It's hot oh, here. Man. Oh, oh yes. That's so, yes. hysterical. Man, I'm glad we did All right. this. That is fun. That is fun. And speaking of fun. <sighs> so, um, here's, the, here's the film, everybody. This is what's going to end on DocuScared. And this is not... This you know this is not a scary documentary. This is not Rodney no. Asher's The Nightmare. This is not you know this is this is a film that, um, aside from some notable, tangible bittersweetness in some places, 
um, is is kind of an uncommonly charming film. At least I found it to be so. It's it's a film called Best Worst Movie. So in 1990, a film was made called Troll Two. Um, I'm assuming, perhaps wrongfully so, but I am assuming you have not seen either Troll no, I or seen these Troll movies. Two. <laughs> no, of course. Uh, one thing to, that is worth noting. The original troll, um, the lead character's name is Harry Potter. Um, but anyway, so uh, Troll 2. What? I am being Yeah, the lead character's name in the first yeah, I troll. I heard you. I know. I just it's, don't it's believe Harry you. Harry Potter. Yeah. No, it's Harry Potter is his name. Long you a, before. You a lie? I'm not lying. Your name is lie. You sit on a throne of lies. Okay, so um, the Troll 2, which as this documentary points out, has nothing to do with the first troll movie like nothing that don't to do. make it was no originally sense. called no it was originally called goblin and then i think they were trying to like market it as like this sequel or whatever so they called it troll 2 it is and i have seen troll 2 i have seen it oh, now snap. by my count and three harry times. potter jr is his name by the way is played by noah hathaway who plays a treyu yeah. in the neverending story oh i almost mentioned it but you didn't and julia louis dreyfus is in this yes yeah oh That's yeah weird. oh yeah it's so strange JK so Rowling. um but yes, we'll have words with the. <laughs> We're gonna have words when this is over. Call back to Miamiville. Mm-hmm. So, um, the uh, so yeah, Troll Two. If you watch it, it is. It's one of those things where you're just like watching it, and you're like, "Wow, this is just, this is just ludicrous. This is just dumb. It's just weird." And what this documentary is is this documentary was uh, directed and put together by Michael Paul Stevenson, who played the young child in Troll Two. So he begins to seek out like, hey, where are all these people who played, you know, where's the director and where's the guy who played my dad and where's the guy who played, where's the lady who played my sister and and uh, the woman who played my mom. And, and so he begins to seek all this out, but also was driven largely by his curiosity as to why a pretty affectionate and although niche, a pretty rabid fan base had built up around Troll 2 to where they just they they absolutely love it. They attend screenings and it was just like this huge deal for people to get to screen Troll 2 and then they meet he he gathers the stars of the film together and they come to this little convention in or not even a convention, this little screening in LA and are just accosted by like 300 plus people who just absolutely love this film. And so the documentary Best Worst Movie is about that it's a little bit making of it's more like hey what's the deal with fandom around this really objectively bad movie um and so now i've talked a lot i'm gonna pivot over to you just to say like hey you know like what i'm, I'm assuming you knew nothing but what did you know and what did you think about best worst movie well i really love when poppy and branch burst into song wow um you know <laughs> i got a feeling you remember that one down in my mouth <laughs> It goes electric, baby, when I turn it on. Mm-hmm. Come on. No. All through the city, all through the home. I'm firing up no feeling when we're in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got no control in my feet. Got that hot blood for the shop. It got stopped. Wow. Ooh, I can't take my mother off and move it. It's going to keep going. It's just like talking about your commitment. It's going to stop. You're you're Pee Wee Herman with this balloon right now. You are just like going all the, all the way. Okay. When the moon 
got us already know. Listeners, I can't stop it. It's uh, just, it's just no, You're right. And they're contraceptive <laughs> after you dance, dance, dance. Yeah, come on. You're right. I'm you can't stop take it. Can't stop the feeling. No. Can't stop the feeling. Yeah. Nope. No, 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 no. Man, what can I say? You made me watch that that terrible, terrible, terrible curse film Twilight Zone. You broke me, Reed. <laughs> this is me broken. I am a broken shell of a person. <laughs> <laughs> a credit card machine is broken. <laughs> no, oh, uh, no, I have not seen the Harry Potter starring troll one, nor or, the mm-hmm. George Hardy starring troll two. Troll two. It is available on YouTube but I'm okay. for the curious. But I have seen the best worst movie. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, what do you think? It was, it was all right. It was fun. It was, it was cutesy. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Ain't um, that cute? <laughs> I mean, it was pretty cool from a just to your point, like document of a phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed the watching of it. I do awesome. have a question for you. So, yeah, Reed, how does it feel when of your movie your dad says we don't talk much about it? We don't know whether to tell people about it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have i can relate i can relate to this i can relate to this uh i i, I know this feeling oh um yeah that was not funny. N- n- it wouldn't make a listicle of top uh experiences uh so mm. yeah but uh yeah. no there's that yeah i thought about yeah. you in that scene uh no i mean it was it Indeed. was it was an interesting document of like you said this phenomena is it's interesting it's fun it's quirky it's cringy um, it kind of mm. is all the things like the movie critic says, it's like someone knew how to make a movie, but took a severe blow to the head. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that description. It's like, these people seemed to know how to make a movie, right? But it's like they took a bad blow to the head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, you do get that sense. You know, um, the movie doesn't do much with it, but mm. Well, I'm I'm tempted to point to some some thematic elements, but but maybe those are worth withholding for a moment. Uh, I will say, if I were building a that ain't right on this movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. probably topping the list is the late in the movie panel for Alamo Drafthouse. Yeah, when yeah. the whole cast is there, and by this time in Best Worst Movie the documentary, you know you've kind of met the cast of characters they are Mm -hmm. i don't know if this was the intention at the outset of making best worst movie but they're kind of assembling the team for Mm -hmm. kind of this reunion tour ish uh, inclusive of the director who is an italian gentleman whose name i didn't write down uh but claudio i think his name is yeah but what's fascinating (laughs) is how much the cast and the reception are at the reception of the film Troll Two are at extreme loggerheads and opposite uh, uh, points of view with the director, who I did write down says, "Oh yes, in Italy we call this a parable." <laughs> Talking about Troll Two, <laughs> and right late in the movie, they're all at this Alamo Drafthouse screening, and it's a. It's a room of fans who have turned out in costume and, uh, um, you know, the full cast is there, but the cast is 
talking a bit acerbically about the finished product. And so there's this yeah. very, very meta narrative that's happening from the stage. That's also feeding the fun of the audience. Meanwhile, the director is basically stalking the room and poorly resisting audibly and loudly yeah. interjecting from oh yeah from the back of the room you know and it that is mm -hmm. when i say cringy i mean that that, that is rough no doubt no doubt the actor will say like yeah we didn't get the whole script or whatever and he's like you're wrong you're wrong he'll just like yeah. yell that from the audience and it's just like uh okay i don't oh he didn't understand the assignment <laughs> you know read the room and uh he he well, failed at you say that so. you yes. say that and i i get it I mean, by every metric that apparently we would use critically, it's a terrible film. And, and sure. Yes. And yet in our patron segment, we just had a conversation about trauma and bad movies and the love and care that are put <laughs> into them. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird moment when quantifiably your thing is not quality in, in the metrics that traditionally matter. And yet at the same sure. time you have care and love and time and heart put into that, you know, the difference yeah. in this case between trauma and troll two is everyone's in on the joke in trauma and that I only the cast yeah. is in on the joke in this one, you know? Yeah. The and, director and only clearly, that over time, yeah. you know, only that right. over time because they, some of them didn't even include it on their resume. They just really tried to forget it. They tried to distance themselves from it. Um, and then, you know, like when this fandom begins to arise, they're just like, oh, okay, maybe I can, like, to con to contrast a couple of things. Um, I get energized and enthused and very charmed in that screening in L.A. when, like, uh, I believe his name was Don Packard, the guy who played great. the... Great, yeah, yeah great who, scene. Who played, yeah, and uh, he played the store owner in mm -hmm. Troll 2, and then he just attends this screening and doesn't initially insert himself as one of the participants like on the panel, but then they discover that he's in the audience and call him forward. And it was just, it was oddly sweet to hear him talk about like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I, I loved this. This was one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, well, and so just, if I can, yeah. if I can, uh, um, you know, put some details on that story. Sure. They're, yeah. they're interviewing him, you know, kind of the third person talking heads at the same time. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, intercutting with this screening that I get the impression he was invited to though. You might be right. Maybe he, he showed up and they discovered he was in the house, oh. but um, nonetheless, this poor actor is talking about just effectively a la King and Cujo. He doesn't even, he was so kind of strung out in that era of his life or, or yeah, something Yeah, due between yeah. drug abuse and mental illness. He kind of cops to, I don't even remember making this. I don't even, remember, I, you know, I look at this and I don't right, even know right, what's up with there. Right. And to the point that he starts crapping on his castmates. And in fact, what I wrote down is he says, I had a terrible experience making that movie. I think there was a little Mormon kid who was a pain in the ass, but he was a star. I just couldn't stand him. <laughs> you, you follow that though immediately with clearly, you know, probably, and, and he even owns this still plagued by some, uh, uh, just kind of personal battles uh and but seems to have set aside the drug abuse and and reflecting on being at the screening i mean this is beautiful he says i never was thrilled at being who i was until mm. that moment in mm. manhattan that's yeah powerful. that's yeah. really awesome that was really cool and did you catch now i'm i'm assuming this is true because this was not a high budget production 
to further your point, yes, and your point when he talks about the little Mormon kid, mm-hmm. you realize, yeah, that's who's shooting. That them. Is, that's who's interviewing him. Yeah, he's literally saying that to the guy yeah. <laughs> who's shooting the movie, and I just thought that was like, wow, that's really, that's really fascinating. But no, it is the other thing that that guy said that I wrote down. I, I love that you wrote down uh, his never thrilled about who I was, but that one moment that you know maybe could be a little bit awkward, but I loved this because I think it's very true. He said. You know a lot about people by the toys they have. And uh, I yeah, thought that, that was... <laughs> there's a couple moments in this movie that I was like, whose mail are you reading mine? <laughs> <laughs> like, I got you mail. Doc, yeah. you scared? He says um, with a Spider-Man toy atop his computer right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that that part was really, really invigorating. And I love just the energy of that screening and the affection that gets poured out over those people. But then, here's what's, here's what's interesting, is because when they then say oh this is like a, a a phenomenon we need to we need to take this on the road we need to do something with this and then they travel to a convention of sorts i don't remember exactly where they said they were going but they go to a screening and a q and a and in stark contrast That's to the painful. los angeles one it is so awkward cuz they got like what half a dozen or a dozen much older Not people even. sit in the yeah. audience, yeah, who are just sitting there like, "What is this? We don't know." And they're like trying to fumble their and way then through, they're at trying booth, to talk about it. Their booth, and oh ain't nobody, my gosh, nobody. Love me like Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody comes by. <laughs> Although they did have John Snyder come by, I, I guess. No, you know. they went to him. That oh, that was his booth. They were at in that shot. <laughs> For real, like, oh, that's, that's not me just countering you. That's what's happening there. Like, no, no, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, and then even at the horror convention, the place where everybody's supposed to be into this kind of thing, just nobody's interested. Nobody's interested in Troll Two stuff. Nobody wants his autograph. He becomes George Hardy, the 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 main guy, who for the first thirty minutes you're just like, man, that's a good dude. Even his ex wife is like, you're you're so fun. He's so great. Everybody loves best. George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, he has to become like a pitch man for Troll 2 at these conventions. And then it turns, I mean, I don't, I don't feel ill towards him, but like it turns to where he's just, he's clearly uncomfortable and not happy being at this horror convention. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, that was a moment that risked me turning on him. I was like, bro, mm. bro, <laughs> I'm not saying they my people, but they're a little bit my people at this point. And yeah. when, cause it, it, to your point, troll two, which is at least categorically would be considered quote unquote horror or schlock or sure. whatever, you know, kind of, sure. uh, yeah. uh, you know, put in the, um, <laughs> where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Oh, nuts. Where do they put it? Um, oh, put in the holy f- section of the video store, you know, is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this, yes. there's gonna be a lot yes. of bleeping on this episode. Thank you, Reed. Sorry, kids. Um, You're welcome. Uh, but you know, you are right, and your generous diplomatic take is he was out of his element and uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. also for me. I was like, bro, back off when you say <laughs> stuff like, "How do people like this? Shit? It's nauseating." I'm like, I, I don't right. even totally disagree with what you're saying. The ideas, but you, you know, they still people too, George, you know, they got, <laughs> y- 
you're you got a whole legion of folks getting their jollies off at trolled too whatever it is is parable let people have their things george <laughs> let people have their things um oh, man, but no i'm funny. with you it was that was an interesting moment i got i gotta i gotta shout this out it's you know we're just gonna yeah. be bopping around the movie but it is so <laughs> so funny when well two things i'm bumping up to another one that i didn't plan to tell so oh okay remember my shutter problems with leap of faith right i'm yes. just i don't know yeah. i'm i'm me and my technology are, are are not super friends right now and uh super friends i started best worst movie and this movie begins with a dude in his kitchen making a protein breakfast <laughs> shake yes talking yes. about dentistry read I, I checked i was like did i click the wrong thing <laughs> i don't know i went to i I went to read the so it's on the tv about two minutes in i'm like i don't have time to watch the wrong thing right now y'all and (laughs) so on my phone i pull it up and i'm like george hardy have they said his name yet i don't know okay and then i go look at his face like okay okay it's at least the same okay okay i know what i'm watching now Uh, but what i was building to or what i started with that was just hysterical to me is a scene of him they're they're pitching the community screening this is late oh the second half of the film and there's I just a scene of him chatting this lady up <laughs> about coming to the community screening. like have you seen it like don't get me wrong i don't know that i could i don't know that i could be married to george hardy so i kind of get it it's got he's got a little <laughs> bit of that ted lasso kind of energy it's like a little <laughs> sure, little sure. too much you a little coming yeah. on a little strong mm-hmm but he's good. He's a good pitch man, you know, until he's not, yeah, then until sure. you're worn out. Um, <laughs> but he's talking to this lady. It's in a professional setting. He's in a tie. Are you coming to the screening? You should come to the screening. Troll 2. You seen Troll 2? It Like, it has a flirtatious vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You come and see Troll 2. I was in Troll 2. You're going to see this business, worst movie ever made. You're going to come see it. You're going to come see it. There's going to be a screening. Pause. Okay, now we can talk about your treatment plan. It's a dental patient. It's a dental patient. It is hysterical. Yes, it's hysterical. Yes, I laughed yes. out loud. I was like, that's classic. Oh, my God. That is yes, funny. It is so funny. I love that moment. I knew that's where you were going. You see so much because, like, you just think he's just talking to people like friends or out and about and thing. He's like, anyway, we'll talk about your treatment plan. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> Oh my lord, <laughs> lord! He's just hitting up all the patients. Like you oh, should yeah. come to this movie. You yeah, should come I to this get movie. it. He's he may be uh, a dentist, but he's a solicitation. Salesman. Yeah, That's solicitation. Right. He's going door to door, handing out the flyers for. Tri- <laughs> I love the moment where he asks his daughter. He's like, "Will you put some of these up in your school?" I don't. I don't want to, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and she, and she's great. like, "They have them. They have them up at, at the at the school." Um, yeah, it's it's we really can, really we funny. can tiptoe towards some theme stuff, but I did. We gotta just. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, sweet, poor, just oh, yeah, just I know where you're going. There is a special place in heaven for old Margot. Holy cow, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and you don't when get I it think, until you get it, and you're like, oh my word, yeah, yeah. And it it's very apparent that she um, has been put upon in terms of life circumstances and conditions, and and perhaps. Perhaps a bit of personal mental health battles and something, but oh, it's just, it's uh, no, perhaps, v- yes, <laughs> right. Um, it's very apparent that there's, you know, that there's just, there's a lot going on there and, uh, and, and that this poor woman is just kind of up against it, uh, in everything. And it was, I didn't know how to feel. 
well, to be completely transparent, the feeling that I had was pity. Sure. When when she talks about like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, like I don't really. She's. They ask her like, do you want to do things? Are you still acting or whatever? And she and you can hear her make effort to avoid just simply saying like, no, I I right. don't do that anymore. Right. Like there's there's no version of that she'll say she'll say it in a way that's like i don't really have an agent right now and then she'll talk about cataloging thoughts by watching movies and having right. thoughts about them and everything and and if there is a moment in this that the you 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 talk about the cringe of the director and that is absolutely the right word for it it's like when the director's on scene i'm like uh be be a little more self-aware sure. like if you can you know and then with Margot, it, it just again a, a feeling of pity and sympathy of just like oh this poor, this poor woman and just everything that she must be up against in her life and days and uh, and Although, that is that is bef- pretty bittersweet. Before I kind of understood the depth of her struggle, you know. So in other words, yeah. it's, it was comedic until I realized oh this is pretty heavy, uh, but yeah. it is hysterical and I do think it's objectively hysterical. So her mother lives with her. The mother is aged <laughs> quite so. Well, like yes. like a Christopher Guest mockumentary oh is <laughs> George Hardy, the young man who's the director, played the little kid, and Margot are recreating scenes <laughs> from Troll 2 in Margot's Den, and you get this Mike Schur office-style uh, uh, oh, John yeah. Krasinski look at the camera in the background from the old lady who's clutching her head. <laughs> because she can't handle what's ex- which, what her life has become. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. Oh, that is man. classic. Oh, it is so funny. It is so funny. Uh, and uh, did you catch that like a couple of times because George was getting made uncomfortable because like he would try to put on his coat and apparently that old woman would be like, why are you putting on your coat? It's not going to make him leave any sooner. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. They was... didn't show that footage, but whoo. Oh, man. Yeah. So there's some tough moments. Yeah. Tough moments there. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so I have, I, I have something that, that, that I'm interested in, in, uh, maybe tiptoeing into, into some greater depth, but I, I, I want to yield a bit if you, if you had, uh, a, a question or a, if you don't, then I have something to lead with, but tell me where you want to go, what you want to do. Okay. All right. So here's what I, I called this film at the onset an uncommonly charming film. And I would even go so best far as to best worst right, movie. Right. Yeah. Not troll Two. best worst movie. And I would even go so far as to say that in certain places, in certain moments, it's even an uncommonly inspiring film. And what I mean by that is because it was encouraging and refreshing to hear and see they made this movie. The director apparently felt he was making a metaphoric masterpiece. A parable. And, Margo called yeah, it Casablanca. <laughs> I mean, like... It really landed for some of them as if this was the height of achievement. And in this documentary, in Best Worst Movie, you see the rabid fans from L.A. One person got a tattoo from many, Troll 2. Oh, there are many tattoos, not yeah. just one person. So many, so many, so many fans. And then they go to these other horror conventions, and it's crickets, and there's just nothing. And clumsily making my way through this what i what i was inspired to be reminded of is that art finds its audience and i'm not restricting what we define as art and i'm not restricting what we define as audience but i'm just i was encouraged by the whole art 
finds its audience. And it was, I dare say, uplifting to me to remember a like, oh, okay. Um, so not everything has to be. I mean, there is a place and thankful for it for your Avengers Endgames and for your Top Gun Mavericks. There is a place for those things. But not everything has to be that because the connection that the the rabid fans of Troll 2, the connection that they have with it is profound and strong. And this is a a favorite thing to them, a thing that they cherish, a thing that, that dare I say, becomes personal and and that they it holds profound meaning for them. And I found that observation to be really uplifting because I I I have this feeling, this sensibility, that a lot of what hinders people wanting to put themselves out there or people wanting to like do things if they have a creative idea or if they have something that they want to start or something that they want to put their hands to, I feel like there's this profound pressure that you have to have permission to do so that you kind of have to you kind of have to have uh, an outlet or you have to have some validation or something and that's what I walked away from with best worst movie is I'm just like you know what put it out there put it out there like like who who cares and I say this sincerely like who cares if it's not flipping top gun maverick who cares if it's not that's a good mo- you know that's a good movie <laughs> Top Gun Maverick's a wonderful movie, but like, who cares if it's if it can't achieve the ten, heights ten of certain things, right? Because if it's done, and 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 another theme that sort of kept cropping up as people were talking about why they loved it was they called it authentic, they called it sincere, that it was non-cynical, and one of the things that I thought is I, I'll never forget this element that Stephen King talked about when he talked about like why certain writers or certain creative artists really strike big and stay in the cultural ethos for a long time. And he said, it's because they're honest. It's because they're, they're authentic. If you're authentic and if you're honest, then that carries some gravity. It carries some weight. It might not carry gravity and weight with everybody, but art will find its audience if it is made in sincerity and in authenticity uh, and, and and it will find its audience. And I just found that to be, again, uncommonly uplifting to see in this dumb little exploration. Not Best Worst Movie is not dumb, but sure. Troll 2 as like a dumb exercise lands with people and, you know, doesn't land with everybody. That's the other definitive thing. I'm grateful for the inclusion of the conventions that don't go well. Because it reminds us that, like, yeah, this is not for everybody. But for the people it's for, man, it is for them, and they love it. And there's, it's almost like a relationship between art and audience. And that relationship, that, that dare I say, intimacy, is real and is authentic and is meaningful and is really kind of cool. That was my takeaway. Um, I don't know what you think about that or if that's like, ah, oh, that's too generous of a take on it. But. No, Read. Nathan. I'm a firm believer <laughs> there can never be such a thing as too much generosity. Um, <laughs> and if I know anything about Reed Lackey, he's going to push the limits of that idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm being jokey, Indeed. but also sincere. Um, Indeed. Indeed. You know, to the point that you went to a much 
prettier place than some of the thoughts I had after this and reflecting, not as in it made me think bad mm-hmm. things, but mm-hmm. just this idea of blind loyalty to a thing, regardless of its qualitative goodness or not. Oh, right. Um, oh, right, 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 right. But, you know, it's interesting because what, what you just said made me think like, this is a bit rhetorical, so I'm not totally asking it in interest of a specific reply unless something interesting or, or whatever comes from it. But it's like, you know, what, what do we feel shackles us in that need for permission and, 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 mm. you mm. know, lack of self-liberation, which is a, a way too high-minded for what I'm trying to say. But because it's interesting that that's what you took because there's a moment and I'm, I'm not ignoring what you're saying. I'm trying to fold this in and, and see some resonance here with sure, sure. with uh, permission. Uh, uh, Brene Brown says we're all creative beings and uh, permission mm. to exercise that creativity in, in, in kind of all of us and um, what hinders us from that. And, and there's a there's a way in which I think often we permit external elements to define quality uh, right um, right value a thing being mm-hmm. worth doing at all but i do want to be sensitive because i think what's interesting is what this movie put me in mind of is the nature of doing period uh meaning mm-hmm. there's this moment buried in the middle of this movie that it's it's kind of like an intellectual uh, uh sinkhole reveals itself and by intellectual i mean like kind of thematic sinkhole just it's like you're going along as troll too and this this guy this director's a weirdo (laughs) and bless her heart and oh this dude's a a flirty dentist you know like these things are happening (laughs) and then all of a sudden you're like oh my you know down (laughs) down into this ravine because there's this moment (laughs) uh where (laughs) this old guy who plays some random part in Troll like Two, I think. I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe you might be right. It might be him, but yeah, it's probably the it's only the real old guy. Where they're highlighting him, and he lives. I don't know where, but the scene we're seeing, the B-roll footage we're seeing, is him shoveling snow off of his front porch, his, his walkway. Yes. Yep, and yep. and you see him in his his kind of recliner, and there's books stacked all around him, which has a certain you know, kind of a, a professorial library, you know, kind of cool used bookstore kind of vibe to it. You can smell the pages, the yellowed pages mm-hmm. in the scene. But he mentions, it's just me. Never had any family, never had any kids, never got married. Right. I've right, done, an, I've done right. hundreds of plays. And I was like, listen to this guy. Read. Do you remember what he says? I do. He said he, he says, frittered away his life. He says, uh, he precedes that. By saying, I've wasted my life. Yes, he said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then he says, I've mostly frittered life away. Here's the sinkhole. But what else is there to do with a life but fritter it away? (laughs) And I was like, holy what? (laughs) Like, and that's like, it's kind of like... (laughs) If you just if you just consider best worst movie like a a a wide angle view of a friggin three ring circus, right? It's mm. but nestled mm-hmm. in the corner back there 
is the wizened mm-hmm. old, you know, he's played Lear, he's played Richard the Third, he's played them all. Yep. He's just yep. drowning himself in his booze back in the back. And it's like every, you know, the, the trapeze artist and the trolls are dancing and like all the bedlam mm-hmm. is going on. And back there, someone looks up at the camera and says, uh, what is, uh, uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? What is life but to be, uh, but what else is there to do with a life but fritter it away? And I was equal Man. parts astonished, intrigued, and offended all at the same time. <laughs> because what's fascinating to me Reed is and I've thought a lot about this in the 24 hours since I watched this movie before watching this you know I I am just at this weird moment in life where Mm. I think about all the thing all the heavy things all the time and I don't know what the hell to do with it Mm. and Mm. it'll start to it'll like the weird Character design in, in Troll 2, you feel like a kid with your feet stuck in the plant pot. That's a, that's a really good reference. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, do, I do pay attention. Um, you did. Because you're just stuck. You should and watch And you're Troll like, too. I have. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. That <laughs> Sorry. is definitionally frittering one's life away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many better ways to spend but, 85 minutes. But I was saying to my wife recently, cause I listened to smartless and, and this is relevant. Uh, there was this episode, their hundredth episode, Bradley Cooper was on, uh, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. Will Arnett mm-hmm. and, uh, 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 Bateman and, and Sean Hayes and Bradley Cooper and all these just luminaries of people you love. You're like, God, I love these people. These are just, you, you right. look up to them. You, you know, folks like you and I, who kind of as- maybe once at least aspired and, or still a little bit due to that kind of life and world are like, man, these right. are just cool folks. And, and yeah. they're like buds mm-hmm. and it's really fun listening to them. But also now I'm a little wistful and teary. Cause I'm like, damn, what, ah, you know, am I like this <laughs> right. old dude sitting in the corner being like, well, what is life? But meant to be fretted away. And sure. yeah. yeah. And at the same time, I'm just struck because it's like, this is what I meant in response to your thematic thought is, is what, what binds us to the plant pot that the, right? Like what, Mm-hmm. Not because, not because, don't hear Nathan, don't hear Reed, don't hear listener, because, well, if you just got that story and you, you got to get it on paper, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, maybe too, is to be a dentist and put down roots and, and, and mm-hmm. love on the people mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's to do a, a, a five years running podcast where you act like a doofus with your best friend. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But my point yeah. is, yeah. there's something scary about what I think is the call to contentment and mm-hmm. peaceability mm-hmm. and the rejection of need to accomplish and to achieve right. and to stand right. out and to be noticed and to be seen and be heard and to whatever. Like, mm-hmm. because. That poor old dude is literally says, Reed, I've wasted my life. Mm-hmm. Like that was a, that was a moment. I was like, I, I don't know that I've ever actually heard another cogent human who isn't a scripted character in a movie. Say something like that. Say something like at that. At the end right. of their life. Right. Like, mm-hmm. God, don't let me say that. Don't let me mm-hmm. say that now. Don't let me say that 30 years from now. Right. What sucks is at the same and in equal polarities 
do I have the capacity to quote unquote, not waste my life. And at the same time, do I feel like there is something true, appropriate, right, healthy, whole about to live one's life in conscientious intention will never be wasteful, right? Like, right, right. Here's a crazy idea. We waste our life because we've chosen to waste it. And, and I'm mm. standing up at the classroom of my own heart right now, right? I'm not, yeah, I don't know how to do right. it. I don't, I don't have it, right. but mm. I need to, I need to hear someone say it out loud, like the Shakespearean crone voicing mm -hmm. from beyond the grave saying, you know, it's, it's, it's Marley, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and like Scrooge saying a life can be made right. I, I can have, I can exercise the capacity, but what, what I'm worried I'll always struggle with is like, yes, I can. Now what? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> Right. Um, right. So no, right. it was just, it was really fascinating because, because this movie in a few, a few moments in its second half started reading my mail. It's George mm. standing around his kitchen table being like, I wanted to do this thing. I was real. I was really, I think I could have been good at that. You know, like, like this real, yeah. like wistful yeah. Yeah. sort of lack of contentment, which again, he, I'm not, I'm actually not judging him for that moment. I'm saying that's a very real human moment. Mm. No, absolutely. But it just He wanted to be an actor. And yeah. He didn't get to he didn't get to right. do that as a career. Right. And right. and the problems we can cause for our spirit, the capacity to ignore the need for attentiveness to the things around us, the people around us who need us right. and love us. Right. When mm -hmm. those moments arise and we feed those moments, right? Like George mm -hmm. got on a high. He got on a high from this tour. And that's okay. That's okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm not judging mm -hmm. him. He got on a high and he started thinking, you know, it's George Bailey, you know? Yeah. And right. 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 Anyway, I'm kind of running off, but, but it's just kind of where my thoughts have been going since watching this. And I want to be able, I, I want to not 40 years from now, however elder the statesman is tragically look at the camera and say, I've wasted my life. I don't want to say that now. I don't want to say that. Yeah, years but I'm going to, Oh boy. I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm going to, no, I'm going to receive, I'm going to receive your observations, uh, relate to them quite a bit and, and try my best to connect them. A, a, a quote from Rich Mullins kept bouncing around in my head while you were talking about this. And it's, it might be my favorite quote by Rich Mullins Is it, because it's all right. Okay. Uh-huh. Amen. That not quite that. That's on the list. Listicle makes a list of the Rich Mullins quotes. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine, sure. man. Um, but it's the quote from him that I think about the most and try to meditate on and try to absorb into my life. This is what this is what Rich Mullins said. He said, "If my ambition is to leave a legacy, what I will likely leave is a legacy of ambition." Sure. And of course, it's a cutesy verbal reversal, which often happens, but I find it calming. It speaks to my spirit to cease striving. Mm -hmm. Hey, mm -hmm. you are trying too hard to be important. Yes. You are trying yeah. too hard to matter in places that you already matter. 
you already you already matter. Like you are here. And and the other thing that I think of that is not a quote from Rich Mullins that is when we talk about like, oh, don't I don't want to waste my life and everything. The other thing that I thought about is um is is somebody like a Margot, but raises questions of like capacity. There there's a certain degree to which some people are simply not going to have the capacity to even make determinations about how they're going to spend their time because this is the lane that they're in. This is what they do. And I'm challenged and convicted by ableist thinking that would say like, oh, you know, and, and and I have moved far, far away in my personal thoughts from the way that a lot of times Christian language would sometimes say like, ooh, you know, are you using your gifts for God or like God's given you a gift and like, and I really, be, I've, I've pivoted so much in so many ways on language like that because so many times I have said this for years and years and years, and I'll say it again with conviction right now, that God does not love you for your potential. I have said that sure. before. I, I say it again, uh, that God loves you, end of sentence. Not for your potential, not for the qualities of certain reciprocation or transactional things. You mean it's you know, a little bit just, of broken theology to say God doesn't love loves you too much to leave you the way you are, or whatever that sort of. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. You know what? There's there's another thing making the social media rounds right oh now, and, and I promise I'll bring this back. No, 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 and I promise I'll bring it back. I can't quote it because I didn't save it because it kind of made me mad, and I just kind of bypassed it. But people think they're clever and. I'm sorry if this comes off as insulting, and I'm sorry if any of you have shared this, but but I don't like it. And if you have shared it, take <laughs> it's it. It's just down. me. Um, who, are, who are these people you're talking to? <laughs> who are these people? That I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but there's something where uh, it, they they share this little like text block where it said, "Hey, when Jesus ate and drank with sinners." Again, I'm not quoting it verbatim. I don't have it in front of me. Don't want it in front of me. He said, "When Jesus ate and drank with sinners, he wasn't doing so to like affirm their identity or affirm their lifestyle. He was doing it to call them back to him, and he was doing it to to call oh, them away from a life of me. sin." And well, but here's the thing: is like that's what they say. And here's what I wanted to say, Nathan. And I'm so passionate about this. And I'm trying not to ramp things up as 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 we, the episode's already gone long. But what I so badly wanted to say is like, hey, hey, can you stop for a minute and think maybe? The only reason he shared a drink with them is because he wanted to share a drink with them. Right. Have you ever yes. stopped to think that yes. maybe there's no agenda? Have right. you ever stopped to think about maybe just a, a, a cup of wine or broken bread together is satisfactory and contentment of itself that you are eating is and the drinking grace note. with? It is insignificant yes. except that yes. it happens at all. And, exactly. and I, I do want to, I don't think you were making this assumption, but I do want it for the sake of clarity on the record, as it were, is I actually wasn't saying, in case it got heard that way, that uh, uh, the discomfort that I was caused by the old man saying I wasted my life was that now I've got to do more, be more, put mm, more out. Mm-hmm. It was more just like, oh my God, you know, what a, what a tragic place to get to when that can be said with sincerity. And if anything, I do think I want to, I want to, if and where and when possible, uh, 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 eschew uh, legacy and ambition in favor of presence, in favor of contentment, in favor of yeah. breathing, in yeah. favor of being, mm-hmm. in favor of mm-hmm. sharing, in favor of yes. partaking, in favor of joining uh, mm-hmm. And to your point, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, but but what you're identifying is, again, it's so fascinating. I don't know if you um, you are a smart person. I'm going to 
call you a liar if you say i knew this is where we were going to land in this series anyway nathan (laughs) um i just think it's fascinating that in assessing and sort of studying and marinating and meditating on the documentary form that what it has inspired is conversation about as people of the way to quote you quoting the author a couple weeks Mm ago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that mythology is not the answer mythology is Mm. not the path mythology is not how to operate now i do think metaphor helps us make sense of the world and even god and in each other like like that's appropriate and helpful to just sort of make sense of super big things we're not really kind of in ourselves able to make sense of but but when you turn metaphor into myth into grandiosity you you forsake the enjoining of spirit the breathing together the partaking together read i thought about this so much right after um dead gummit it was in relation to i think a docu scared entry about the nature of what participatory faith looked like and it was uh, um troubled individual or not the mel gibson character in sign saying breathe with me with his son upon him like mm, the, that image mm, mm-hmm is faithfulness it's not yeah x y and z accomplishment or task or or uh sup with sinners so that mm-hmm. right it's right breathe with me eat with me mm-hmm. drink mm-hmm. with me yes period and that that alone will never be wasteful yeah in that context because the transformative power of relationship does not come with an agenda. That's the part that I find so mysterious and find so convicting is that mm-hmm. we always mm-hmm. say that again. I got I got to sort of receive that. The transformative power of relationship does not come with an agenda. Yes. That to merely be we're just going to share we're just going to share the space. We're just going to share the time. We're going to share the meal. We're going to share the breath. We are just going to share this. And the, the, the lie is, well, you need to be producing and you need to be, uh, you, you need to be doing you need something to not because, be gay. Yeah, or uh, any, any version. <laughs> yes. You need to, you need to, you need it, it, it's 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 what um uh Brennan Manning had said he said you know that he used to look in the mirror and say I will not should on myself this morning I am not going to you should you should you should sure. you know he no, said I got I'm it. not I got it, it. just took, yeah <laughs> yeah I, I saw the beat um but it's like I I I am just simply going to like god what a freeing thing to realize like oh my god there is no agenda here the lord fearfully and wonderfully made me to fearfully and wonderfully make me and that that this space and this beauty and the 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 relationship that we have with the world around us and with our peers and with our friends and and all of that that if we can reach the place where that is not merely a transaction to some greater end and this is not to say this is not to devalue if somebody's like, man, I really want to make a movie. 
or I really want to write a thing, or I really want to put something out there, and that's not to devalue those spurnings in your heart. What I would contend is please, please, please do not feel as if the sum of who you are will wrap up in those things, or that mm-hmm. the, the, the personhood and what you have to bring to the world around you is only going to have meaning if there is a, a thing that you could point to, but the, the person, your presence here, to my to what I what I am continually confronted and 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 encouraged by is just that no that means so much more than just what comes out of it as tangible product like it's not product it's just sharing the time sharing you know, the space now listeners who aren't patrons and didn't listen to the curse films discussion this will be a little bit lost on you but you know what legacy and ambition get you mm-hmm. Twilight Zone the movie you know what being yes, with yes. And joining in and partaking alongside gets you dumb old trauma, right? Yeah. But yes. Yeah. It's it's a crude juxtaposition. It's a, perhaps a crude contrast, but that keeps coming to mind as we're talking about these sort of, you know, because when you were just saying, if you want to do X, Y, and Z, my impulse was just to be like, well, do it because you want to. <laughs> because you want to. Because you want right? to. Because wouldn't this be you know? fun? And, and, and that's the thing is it's like I I keep thinking back. Um, I love so much the simple, quiet things that just sort of happen because we stumbled into them, or they're or they're fun, or they're just a way to pass the time. And and I I do understand. Let's let's get into the converse of this a little bit. That I do understand if somebody feels a profound. Um, discontentment or a profound boredom or a profound sort of listlessness. Sure. I do I, I do understand the impulse to to break free from those shackles because that monotony yes. can be soul crushing. So so I don't want I don't want listeners or you to hear what I'm not saying. I I godliness this is the scripture. I don't remember where it is found, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And what I would cite that to be is not, you know, this concept of godliness not being like, oh, well, I'm going to achieve the height of righteousness or anything. It's just like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to find my way to recognizing um, it's enough to be here. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's it's enough to just be present in this moment, to be available in this moment, even if I share this moment with nothing but you know the birds of the air or the lilies of the field which Christ pointed us to towards to consider because of not toiling or spinning but just mm-hmm. just being mm-hmm. and just being present and 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 that is something that i would love to come to the end and say i had spent my time and i had spent my life maybe not in a waste Maybe, but seeing frittering as spending and not as as wasteful. But just like, yeah, I've frittered through a lot of things. And along the way, this happened. But I've frittered along the way, and I've spent my time in this way and this way and this way. And and I, I want well, yeah. It's funny. Maybe yeah. as my, well, definitively as my final sort of premeditated idea here as I'm pulling from 
notes that, that, that are pinging as you talk. It's like, you texted me a phrase yesterday that kind of wove itself into my thematic takeaways of best worst movie. And you shared with me via text yesterday and, and it just me bringing it up here is just going to give us uh, a cause to share it in the Facebook group. When the time comes, this episode releases. Okay. Um, this scene from the couple years old now Pee Wee movie off of Netflix, which I, which despite yeah. my love for his big adventure, uh, my ambivalence on his big top, I haven't seen this Netflix entry, but what you mm-hmm. shared was this one scene and it's hysterical. And it's a moment <laughs> in this movie. It's a wonder as they call it. Yeah. Of yeah. Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman on this Amish farm. I don't even know the context of the scene, the <laughs> outer context of the scene. But the moment right. is just him in frame with this blowing up uh, oh, an overlong amount of time spent blowing up a giant balloon. Yes. And this is probably a five minute scene. Yeah, it's three, at least three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably mm-hmm. we'll, we'll split the difference and say four. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half of which is him blowing up the balloon or the first third of which the second yeah. two <laughs> thirds of which are him releasing the air from the balloon <laughs> at varying pitches and rhythms and farting sound elements and him <laughs> well, he's making his faces. physicality alongside it is uh-huh. it's just this escalation of absurdity and what you mm-hmm. kind of you sort of perceive but it's a bit subtle uh that by the end this whole crowd of Amish folk have gathered that so so the whole oneer <laughs> the whole one take is is him blowing up and then releasing the air from this balloon it's hysterical mm-hmm. and yes, then the only so cut is then once that ends the the camera is now behind him and in front of him is this crowd of Amish folk and they start cheering <laughs> him on and and Reed this is how we're gonna I'm I'm choosing executive make an executive decision how we're going to end best worst movie conversation. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. text to me was four words, two sentences, and this is how I, that, <laughs> I actually thought about texting you. I want that on my tombstone. It says, <laughs> "One take, full commitment." Ah, uh, yeah, right, yeah, like yeah, mm-hmm. this is it, man. This is it, yeah, old man. Yeah. This is it, yeah, full commitment. One take. Oh my God, that's a, I'm <laughs> a little my, my heart is my heart is warmed. One yes. take, full commitment. Yes, yeah, like yeah, and you can yeah, spend it, it blowing up it. and releasing an <laughs> incessant barrage of fart sounds to the joy, <laughs> to the joy yes. of a bunch of folks, yeah. or you can spend it just sitting on your ass, wondering wow. what you didn't do instead. One take, full commitment. You've kind of blown my mind here by <laughs> throw, throwing my words back beep, at beep, me and be beep, like, That's a, wow. <laughs> Whoa, I thought it, I, you know. I love, one take, full commitment. I love it. I love it. I love it. To that the is fog how meter. we're going to end this. <laughs> to the fog meter. The fog meter is our very specific metric of fear and God wherein we rate these films on their scares and their substance. Obviously, DocuScared is a little different um, as a series um, with with perhaps the exception of the nightmare, which is frightful in its own uh, sense. But uh, so best worst movie, the documentary about the, the fandom around troll two, what would you give it for the fear measurement? Um, You know, clearly on a curve here, but 
or, or not on a curve. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> um, it's, it isn't, I'm going to give it a one. It's not scary. Um, the one solid strong point is for just how cringeworthy the Alamo draft house screening is with the director yeah. pace, pacing the room like that, that that's a, that's tough. That's tough to watch. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's discomforting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the same reasons, but I'm actually going to go with the two that you shied away from, but, 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 but honestly for the same exact reason. It's like when you get to that, you're like, okay, well now this is just uncomfortable. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you made it, like, it made it awkward, didn't it? It, it, it got, got weird. It got weird. <laughs> so, yeah, it very much got weird. Like <laughs> all the people are sitting there. Yeah. Charles yeah, yeah. Like, Who is this guy? Who invited this guy? Mm. Where's security at the Alamo draft house? Um, so, and what I'll give it for the God meter is I actually, I actually walked away with a, with a lot to think about in this. And, you know, I don't know that the film necessarily sets out to say everything that it wound up saying uh, to me, but but in the spirit of generosity, I'm, I'm going to be generous and give it a six because I, I did walk away again thinking about a lot that I think will stay will stay with me. And I could see myself a few years down the road again, revisiting this film again. I had seen it before, but revisiting this film again and 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 again pondering those kind of things and especially in light of this conversation thinking of of some of those things with a with a full heart but uh what would you give it for the god meter um i'll give it a five i think that okay. you know anytime you are documenting real people being themselves who these real people shared a thing and kind of are reflecting on that you know some natural introspection yeah. and reflection are going to happen in that context I, you, I don't think you said something along these lines, but I, I, I don't, I don't really assign much intention to thematic profundity that uh, might have been had, if only because I do think that elder gentleman's statement coming in the middle of the movie is like, oh, you had something there. I don't know if you just knew yeah. that, but you know, <laughs> yeah, right, um, right. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a five, just because you know, there's okay. some, there's some inbuilt uh, substance to people discussing sure. their their ambitions and legacies and ideas and thoughts and place in the world. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that means that we give best worst movie a three and a half on the fog meter. Um, But would you recommend it? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I don't really want to watch troll two and that's okay. And so someone does not Mm -hmm. feel, does not need to feel the need to do that. Um, But no, it's, it's, it's brisk. It's fun. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I do think I recommend best worst movie. Uh, I, I do, uh, unqualified. Like I said, I, I, I consider it to be an uncommonly charming film and, um, and in, in certain ways with the right takeaways, uh, uncommonly inspiring. So, uh, so yeah, I love best worst movie. I'm, I'm grateful that we got the chance to talk about it on this show and on this series and I wholeheartedly recommend it. So thank you very, very much for talking You're welcome. About it with me. I appreciate it. Next week. Um, so next week, we got the Quarterly Queens. As we have already stated, they will be back to discuss the film as above, so below. And then following their foray into the underground, we will be returning with a summer series where we'll be walking through some films from John Carpenter, kind of a barrage of different films from the 80s that is going to be kind of fun and kind of surprising. And we are going to be walking through uh, for the patrons Stranger Things Season 4, episode by episode, as we are prone to do. Um, listeners, thank you episode so much. Episode by episode. Wow. 
It's just to call them episodes long. is a bit. I mean, it's like yeah. a, it's like an episode. It's like someone saying, "Hey, if you listen to the podcast, The Fear of Gods," I'm be like, "I like podcasts," and them queuing it up like two hours. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Like, yeah. what are I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so yes. Anyway, um, yes, we are going to be covering that uh, following next week's Quarterly Queens. Thank you, Nathan, as always. Mm-hmm. And um, like, thank you, listeners, as always. Uh, thank you for frittering away your time with us. It is meaningful to us, and uh, we mean that from the bottom of our hearts. And as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We'll see you next week, everybody. See you guys. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>